This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really good information so that you can make great informed decisions. Um, you wouldn't go into a football game without a game, well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. We'll provide you with the information that will help you make that well-prepared game plan so that you'll be a winner in the real estate market. Now, we're coming upon, this is October, we're coming into November when we have a new game going on, and that's the elections and the ballot propositions. Last week, we invited Clint Olivier from BizFed to um, inform us on all these propositions, make us think about how we should be voting. We didn't even hardly get through. Well, we got through two of them, so I asked Clint back. Uh, thank you very much, Clint. You're the first guest we've ever had in our 12 and a half year history to be here two weeks in a row. Well, it that's an honor. And oh, I mean, it I, is. do time. I get a, a some kind of plaque or trophy or something? I mean, that's a big thing to come on your show two weeks in a row. Yeah, well, I'd say you get to buy lunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, two weeks in a row on Welcome Home Radio. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So last week, we barely got going. Of course, we hit two of the biggest propositions, which is Prop 15 and Prop 19. They're, they're big because they're real estate related, and they tinker with um, the Proposition 13 that has been the foundation of California real estate for the last 42 years. Right. Give us a quick recap on those before we go to the others. And I am going to try to make sure we get all the way to Proposition 385 right. by the end of today. Well, it's uh, you said you used the word tinkering, and that, that really is what the state likes to do, especially with real estate, because it is through housing that they can get make folks jump through hoops and and get folks to do the things that they want and live the way they want us to live. And so real estate is always the the, the first go-to really. I mean it it's it's you know obviously it has to do with taxation, it has to do with revenue. I mean let's start with prop 15. This is the 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 split roll they call it, the split roll tax. Uh this is the uh attempt to split the uh, any commercial property out of the protective umbrella of Prop 13 from 1978 that, that you just mentioned is the cornerstone of uh, of really not just California real estate but really the way we live in California uh, for all for all of our warts in terms of the, the body politic in California we we do enjoy that protection and Prop 13 of course uh, it it takes away the ability of politicians to to raise taxes on a whim and it protects your uh, it protects your home it protects your property and and it's it's very very popular with people from both uh both sides of the political aisle the, the, the all across the spectrum people enjoy the protections of prop 13 this if passed prop 15 this year uh, in a couple of weeks 
if it passes, uh, you're going to see commercial property uh, taken out of that protection, which means that, that they can raise taxes on, on the tax rate on commercial property. The reason why that's a disaster, of course, I mean, and I don't know why these people that come up with this stuff don't look further down the road and see that landowners, property owners, aren't just going to throw up their hands and say, oh, well, taxes are going up. I'm going to eat it. No, they're in business. They, they pass that down to their customer. That cost gets passed through to the customer. And not me- by greed, but sometimes by need. And, and price goes up. And, and, and prices go up. Well, you and I, Don, are blessed. We can afford to um, absorb any, any, higher, any, any higher cost. I mean, if, the, if a haircut goes up a dollar or a meal goes up two fifty, well, we can eat that. We can, uh, we, I'll go an extra week between haircuts. Well, you're a, you're a tightwad. <laughs> so, and I understand it. But, no, it's, it's, it's going to hurt the, the people that, that – the folks in state government want to help. So I work for a local family-owned brokerage, real estate brokerage, in the building that we're in. If the raise the t- taxes get raised dramatically there, I could see them coming to me saying, you know, we're going to have to cut our commission split because we have higher taxes to pay. Either that or, here, go work remotely. And uh, right. it, it, I could see that being a, a real disruptor for business. Well, when I when I talk about it is it'll be a disruptor for business, but eventually that's going to affect the, the consumers as well. I see your point. And and the they try to get the, the reason why they focus on real estate. I remember when I was a candidate for public office a few times back in the day, I learned about what's called a point of sale mandate. The point of sale mandate is what the state there, there's a list of two, three dozen things you have to do, you have to perform uh, to even sell your home and, and, bu- and buy a home. There are these, these things you have to do, and every year it seems they're adding more and more in terms of now the and, – and, and additional regulation, including uh, fire sprinklers in, in the new homes, and uh, which inc- – these point-of-sale mandates increase the cost – of buying or selling a home, well, it's safe to say it's it's thousands of dollars at this point. And then they complain we have a housing shortage. Yeah, we have a housing shortage. It's 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 becoming too darn expensive to own a home. It's becoming too difficult to to find a home. Uh, and so, this is what Prop 15 is about, and this is why it's so important: is that we shouldn't. We should vote it down. BizFed, the organization that, that I represent, I'm the executive director over there. Uh, our board has taken a no position on it, and we urge folks to to vote no on Prop 15. No matter, I mean, yeah, it's it's great, it's worthy. Let's let's put more money into schools. Let's put more money into roads. Let's put more money into, I guess, forest management. I mean, whatever whatever it is that that they happen to. Uh, you know, the issue du jour, whatever it is that they happen to want to do. But the reality is, is that that money has to come from somewhere. And um, and, and taxing commercial properties is, is, not, is not the way to go. I'm going to make a statement now. And at first, you're going to look at me weird. Okay. Um, but when you hear the whole sentence, you're going to say, you know, he's got a point there. I'll start off with, I don't mind tax increases. 
Yeah. That's, however, yeah. first, however, first, I would like to see that we have gone through our expenses and made sure that our we're efficient and that we're not wasting money. I don't see that. I see that we are wasting money. Um, and so no tax increases until we, we get our spending under control. Well, in, and if you look at the state of California, uh, before the, the, you know, six months ago, the day that they did the lockdown, California was running the highest tax revenues that they've ever run in the history of the state. They were making more money, making, they were confiscating, stealing, they were stealing more money uh, than they ever have, than they ever have. And this is the, the, the environment when more money was pouring into the coffers than ever. This is the environment where someone said, you know what, that's not enough. We don't have enough money. Let's split commercial properties out of Prop 13 protection and raise taxes on them. At what point are Californians going to say, hey, Sacramento, enough is enough. You guys are are taking more money than you ever have, and yet you want more? Mm-mm. No, vote, go vote no on this thing. This is bad. Yeah, and then what I see, too, is if this happens to pass, I see residential real estate going in there, too. They wouldn't put it on there right now because I, I think res- – the residential people would vote it down. Mm. Well, and it's the the frog in the pot of water, you know. That's it's the proverbial frog in the hot water, and they, you know, you put the frog in, and the water's room temperature, and then they just turn up the heat, and then by the time it's boiling, you don't even know what's happened to you. And that's that's I mean that's how politics works, and that's how government works, and you have to be so skeptical. Uh, in in this case, this is uh, you know letting what is the other silly cliche letting the the camel's nose under the tent and then pretty soon before you know it the whole guy's in there and uh, that and that's what this is so i don't disagree with you i think ultimately uh, they'd like to see prop 13 go away completely but i'll tell you what there would be a lot of angry people yeah uh, and and so that's why they're trying to pick off the commercial property owners first i see all right thank you go to prop 19 First of all, let me say this. So Prop 15 takes away from the original Proposition 13 from 42 years ago. A lot of numbers there. Right. But, yeah, it's 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 a number salad, but uh, you can follow it. I mean, there are a number of uh, sources that, that you can uh, go to online and look for recommendations um, and – make your best informed uh, vote. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on um, yeah. on digging into this stuff. Okay, so 15 takes away from the original Prop 13. Proposition 19 is an attempt to enhance the original 13. Right. So tell us uh, about that. And this one, BizFed, uh, the board, has uh, taken a yes position on Prop 19. Uh, this is, and you know what, Don, you, you're asking me to explain it, but last week when we when we went over it, we we hit it briefly. You, you did a real good job. You you explained it uh, very articulately, and and uh, and it was easy for folks to understand. But um, this one would allow you to take your Prop 13 tax protection uh, when you sell your home and move. Right now, you, there are so many restrictions. You, 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 there are, are 
you know you can't move out of your your county jurisdiction, uh, and and it, it there's a dollar amount that you can't right. transfer. You can't buy for a higher price than what you sold for. Right, and which is that's ridiculous. So, and you can't take your Prop 13 protection out of the county. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what Prop 19 does is it allows you to move uh, to a different county and also to buy up to buy a, a more expensive home uh, than the one that you just sold. And a lot of times, seniors want to move up. They want to downsize into a smaller place, but because they need something newer uh, with less maintenance, mm. because maybe that fits their their age, it allows the senior to pay a higher price for a newer property, and and that's a big one there. All and right. so, yeah, BizFed again recommending a, a yes on Prop Nineteen, and right. and we the there's going to be uh, some additional tax revenue if this thing passes that that is going to go to the state of California and the the ballot measure says we're going to use this for what is it wildfire what well wildfire victims um, disabled people and seniors over 55 would be eligible for, to move their tax uh, tax base so if you had if you lived in a home up in uh, North Fork um, I I don't think North Fork got hit, but up in the, uh, let's say Big Creek mm-hmm. and it burned down and now you have to move, um, you, to move your, t- you would lose your tax base. Right. Unless you, um, well, unless Prop 19 passes. Mm-hmm. Now, did, did, did your board take a position on it? Yeah. Did- the California Association of Realtors is for Proposition 19 because it enhances, um, right. uh, property tax protections for homeowners. And I, and I'm guessing realtors are opposed to Prop 15 as well. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it would change the landscape of, of uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. Clint, I'd like to ask you this question because I, I hear people talking in the hallways and stuff. Um, of course, they all have masks on. Uh, <laughs> you can't see their lips moving, but you can hear them. <laughs> That's right. But anyway... So, well, I heard one guy say, well, you know, I go through the propositions and I, and I look at who sponsors them and that's how I vote. Mm-hmm. What, what's your comment on that? Is that a, a good way to, to look I, at this? I, I think it is. I really do think it is. But at, look, we're fortunate in the state of California to have uh, direct democracy, really, which is which is what ballot propositions are. They don't have those in other states. Uh, some do, most uh, do not, and so the reason why these are 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 so special is because uh, we, you know, you, you vote for president, but there's the electoral college and your electors. If you're in California, if you can hear this, and you live in California, then your electors vote for Joe Biden, no matter who you vote for. You could vote for Trump. I think Kanye West got on a ticket. He's running for vice president and under a third party. So you could vote for Trump. You could vote for Kanye. You can vote for, uh, you know, Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian. But your electors will go for Biden. Great. Well, what Washington does, not as critically important as what's going on at Fresno City Hall or at the state capitol in Sacramento, or at the county hall of records, right? Because local government is uh, is is really where the rubber meets the road. Um, but with the with the initiatives, 
it's a chance for each person to weigh in, and it's it's majority rule. And so that's why it's it's really important. If you if you're only going to vote on one thing, go in and vote on the initiatives because that really affects your life. Yeah, that's something I learned from last week's show. I didn't know realize that mm-hmm. um, that California is one of just a few states that has ballot initiatives, and that's how you can change the state constitution yeah. and change state law. All right. Um, I heard another one say, well, I just go by common sense. You know, if, if yeah. it's going to help the the schools or, or it's going to help, um, you know, some uh, uh, parks, they'll go sure. for it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the they get on there when either the state legislature can put them on there or a citizen's group can gather signatures to put them on there. So I, I kind of want to go back to the other, your other friend who said, well, I see, I look to see who's sponsoring it. That's a great way to figure out what it is. It's also important to remember that the state deceptively writes the description and the explanation of what these things are. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, repeal the gas tax uh, actually showed up on the ballot as uh, stop construction on roads and stop construction on bridges. And I mean, it was it was just silly. So you have to be very, very careful and very discerning when you're going over these things. Okay. And when we get back from commercial break, I promise we're going to go on to some other propositions. Right, Clint? I Yeah. I mean, if I can, if I can close my mouth, then we'll be able to move on. Well, listeners, stay tuned. We'll see if we're able to do this. Thank you very much. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. We're in the studio here talking with Clint Olivier, the uh, executive officer of BizFed. And you guys, tell us real quickly again what BizFed does. Well, thank you, Don. BizFed is a a nonprofit organization. It's a a standing uh, political coalition that is that activates i mean we're always on the job but it activates when one of our members is is having a challenge a challenge that's coming from local state or federal government um we have uh companies as members and we also have this is what makes bizfed special is it has uh, associations who are members such as the fresno association of realtors that's right so what you have is a coalition it's not just a you know, we have the the realtors. Well, you guys don't stand alone now. If if you need uh, advocacy and you need to have some uh, some other voices come in to help realtors uh, get something done, that's what BizFed does. Is that you go you come to the board meeting uh, and then we vote. But we've got uh, uh, we've got Granville Homes. We've got uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. Uh, we've got. Um, Barry Petroleum, Era Energy, Chevron. Uh, we've got uh, the wonderful company. Um, we, so we have some um, uh, Grimway Farms. So we have some uh, really fantastic uh, companies that, that are really the backbone of the Central Valley here. But those are augmented with the associations like the Realtors, the Farm Bureau, the Fresh Fruit Association, the Bakersfield Chamber of Commerce, the Fresno Chamber of Commerce. And what what I like to, to say is that you know, we've all seen the National Geographic videos of the, you know, the the herd of of impala running through the, you know, running through the forest or the desert, or whatever, uh, and a lion jumps out, 
and eats, starts to eat one of the impala. And what, what happens in nature is that the impala, they scatter, they run away, they're panicked. You can see it in their faces. Um, but bizfed, if we're the herd and the lion attacks, of course, the lion being regulation or taxation or some, something that's business unfriendly to business, uh, the other impala turn around and we gore that lion with our horns. And so it's a, it's a great fit for me. I've been there about a year, uh, and I, I really like what I do. And, and we're, we're also very effective, too, uh, at advocating for uh, pro-business principles. And, uh, and we have great members. And thank you, Don, for, for joining, uh, because I think it's going to be a great relationship. We're going to be able to help you guys quite a bit. Great. And we may need help on Proposition 21. Right. Tell us about that one. Well, Prop 21 is interesting because um, it, it's, it's rent control. And, uh, you, and you actually had some good things to say about this last week as well, uh, that it has, some, it has more to do with um, uh, market control, right? Isn't that what you said? Not, I called not so much as rent control, but price mar- control. Right. Price control, not rent control. And the difference to me, rent control is um, the controlling of the rent that you charge an individual. Um, but once that individual moves out, then in, in the uh, even in rent controlled areas now, like San Francisco, they can raise the rents to market value. But with Prop 21, it's going to put a price control on that piece of real estate that property and say, no, you can't raise the rent more than X amount of dollars for um, that place, even though it's a whole new tenant. That's crazy. Yeah. I I mean, the Sherman Antitrust Act back in the 1800s dealt with price controls. And now state of California, Prop 21 is trying to change, change that. It's wrong. The other thing is it establishes rent boards. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, so many properties, a good relationship is the best way to make sure that you and the, uh, the person that rents from you, the housing provider and the housing receiver have a good relationship, they communicate, those people are gonna do well. Right. Um, well, you put a rent board in there, you've created a new bureaucracy, and for what? And and this really what would it it would uh, repeal uh, and replace Costa Hawkins, and Costa Hawkins in in political circles is the uh, the and this is one of our our guys our local Valley representative uh, Jim Costa when he was in the state legislature uh, wrote this and this was passed back in ninety five um, what it did was it let governments enact rent control if the landlords could receive just and reasonable returns on their rental properties. Uh, So that's what Costa Hawkins did. Now, this one, what it would do, uh, would allow the local governments to enact rent control on housing uh, that was first occupied over 15 years ago, uh, with exception for landlords who own more than two homes with distinct titles or subdivided interests. That's the what it would do. A no vote uh, would continue to prohibit rent control uh, on housing that was first occupied after February 1st of 1995 uh, and housing units with dis- distinct titles such as single-family homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you, you've said 
you've said enough uh, to, to scare me away from it. And, and my board has taken a no position on this as well. I mean, where, where are we going to draw the line as, as Californians? Where are we going to draw the line as, as free people? Now, I say this and people say, oh, Clint, you're a capitalist and you're an exploiter and, and you, know, you, you don't have any compassion for people. I believe that my position is compassionate because I believe that what you said, Don, is that the relationship between tenant and landlord, you know, uh, the the free market, market forces, market principles, it's always a, a, you always get a better price when people compete, and that that goes for housing too. When landlords compete, when people compete, you're gonna. The consumer benefits, the, the, the tenant, the renter, the family looking for a home will benefit. This kind of thing, look at how, how muddled rent control has become in cities that have done it. It's been, a, it's been a mess. And so I think that, I mean, I'll ask you, this would completely alter California for, the, the, for all time and eternity. Right? Oh, yeah. It, it, and it, this says it best. Why is it that the highest rents in California – are already in the rent-controlled cities, San Francisco, Santa Monica, Berkeley. And they've had rent control for 40 years, and yet it keeps going up. And, and I had one property manager say it best. She said, we have to raise the rent every year. You have to take what you can get because otherwise you lose it. And um, so that's why every year there's 2.5%, rise on there. And yet I have tenants that haven't had their rent raised in over a decade. And you know why? They communicate, they, they talk with me, I respect them. And um, I'm just fortunate to have them there. And that's, that's capitalism. Right. Well, the market keeps the, the rent down. The free market keeps mm-hmm. the rent down. Because if, if Don, if you raised your rents, uh, they would go find someplace that was more affordable. The, the, when you're a tenant, and I know we got to go to break, but when you're a tenant, you are the customer of your landlord. And if mm-hmm. that landlord is no good, as the customer, you can say, I'm out of here. That's I'm right. going to go find something better for a better price. Thank you. And stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. And I know it's going to be a lovely day. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here with us today is Clint Olivier, helping us go through the ballot propositions and figuring out how are we going to vote on these things. So uh, we just did three real estate related ones, 15, 19, and 21. Now let's go to some of the others. Um, Let's start at the top. Prop 25, it's about replacing cash bail with risk assessments for suspects awaiting trial. Right. So this is, um, look, we're hearing a lot about uh, criminal justice reform these days. And I, I personally uh, I believe that there's a, a lot of reform that needs to take place. I look at the and so this this puts me in a in an unusual position because I uh, I agree that that there are things that have to change. I see the United States has the largest prison population in, in the face of the of the planet, and I I see I see injustices out there that that I think have to be uh, addressed. 
And so, I mean, I, I sympathize with those folks who, who take a look at these problems and they want to um, make things a little bit better. And so I, I understand that. But look, I, lo- I also look back and I, I see, because obviously I, I run a, a business uh, advocacy organization, and I hear my members talking about uh, prison realignment and they talk about Prop uh, 47 and Prop 57. And now, you know, you can go into a into a Target or a Walmart and fill a cart and, and walk out. And as long as it's less than nine hundred dollars uh, in value, what, what the goods you're stealing, it's it's a ticket. And so it's these these reforms have been brought about um, in an effort to alleviate the pressure on the courts and the criminal justice system and the corrections uh, system and and also to try and uh, right some of the social ills in our in our state and in, in in the country really in local communities but what you're seeing is an, an erosion of uh, private property rights what you're seeing is mm-hmm. is an erosion I mean if people can uh, steal, flagrantly and steal without without fear of repercussion or, or consequence then and, and we're seeing that today we're mm-hmm. seeing that today people get arrested they get cited and then they have they get to go well prop 20 uh, we're talking about prop 25 now a yes vote on this would uphold uh, some legislation that that's held up couldn't get through it's it's SB 10 Senate bill 10. So Prop 25 is one of those that didn't come from a signature effort. It it came from the legislature. Senate Bill 10 would replace cash bail with risk assessments for detained suspects awaiting trials. Uh, a no vote would repeal this legislation, would repeal SB 10, uh, would keep in place the use of cash bail for detained suspects awaiting trials. So right now you you, you get arrested you 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 are arraigned. You appear before a judge, and the judge sets bail and says, "Okay, this person, you're you're going to sit in jail in county jail uh, until your trial, unless you can pay." And people go to bail bonds, and people whatever they mortgage their homes, they they do whatever they can to to get out of the clink at least until trial time. Uh, this would this would end that practice. This would uh, allow the the courts to determine: is this person a flight risk? Is this person a you know a good guy? Is he a real bad guy? And it would eliminate the need for uh, for bail. Obviously, it, it's going to result on in some folks being released. That probably maybe this, they're going to say, oh, we shouldn't have let that guy out. He went out and committed more crime. And so you know, BizFed hasn't taken a, a position on it. But it, it certainly would it would change the criminal justice system in in the state. So a yes vote is going to make it easier to get out of jail. Oh yeah, basically you, you, it will replace a system where you have to pay to get out uh, while you're awaiting yeah. trial, and it would it, there are, will be a lot of folks I think who maybe should be in jail await while they await trial that they're going to be let out. So and let me go to the back to that friend who said about he looks at common sense on these. Here's what I'm seeing in that. So if you have to go to your favorite uncle and say, please put up bail for me, and he does that, you may be a, a hard guy, but you got you respect your uncle and you may just show up for trial be, out of respect 
or fear for your from your uncle. Well, right, especially if you you know get an uncle or a parent to mortgage their house to to get you out. I mean, nobody wants to be in jail. I think that that the reformers who are pushing this are interested in making making things different for for people in society. I mean, yes, there are California has the highest poverty in the nation and yes, California has uh, a number of social problems, some serious social problems and, and so the reformers want to to use this as an opportunity to say, look, we we can make things uh, a little bit better uh, for some of these these folks who live uh, in areas of high concentrated poverty, people who didn't get the most out of the, you know, the, the state education system failed them. They, they reluctantly turned to, to crime. And so I, I understand. I understand what, what the reformers are trying to do here. Uh, but I think it, it, would, it, it would certainly be an upheaval. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say how I'm voting or, or how you should vote because the organ I'm here in in the capacity uh, representing my organization Bizfed and we haven't uh, the, the board hasn't taken a position on it yet but this is one of those you're going to have to research and figure out if it is the direction you want the state to go in. All right, let me ask you about proposition 17. That restores the right to vote to people convicted of felonies who are on parole. Right, and I mean it's pretty straightforward. Uh that's really all all you need to know um, about it. Did you say on parole? Yeah, yeah. And so again, it, it's coming from this this movement to reform criminal justice and and what obviously when you get convicted as a as a convicted felon, you you lose the the franchise, you lose the opportunity to vote. And there are reformers who say, well, this is this is uh, the, the basic function of a of a citizen in a in a Republican form of government, and that person should should not lose his or her right to vote because voting is is their political voice, and they're able to, you know, whatever sound off on the issues kind of thing. And so they the reformers want to restore the right to vote to to felons, and I I don't think there's a, a fiscal impact to it. I, I think it's just if you if you feel like it's right or if you feel like it's wrong. Uh, if you feel like it's right, then you agree with the reformers and you, you join with them. And, and vote, we vote your heart. Yeah. On that one, you, you vote your heart. I we, we see how that one goes. I, I wish I had access to polling because it would be interesting to see to take the temperature of, of Californians, their, the electorate here and figure out what what people uh, which direction they're moving toward. Yeah. One more before we go to break. Proposition 18 allows 17-year-olds who will be 18 at the time of the next general election to vote in the primaries and special elections. So I guess you're, it would be you can vote in everything on your 18th birth year, not birth year. Well, it, look, I mean, it, you're, you're needling me and it, this kind of stuff is ridiculous. you got to be 21 to have a beer, 21 to, to have buy smokes. Uh, 21 to buy cannabis products. Uh, we, we, the same people who want 17-year-olds to vote are infantilizing young people in the state of California. Used to be 18 to buy cigarettes. Uh, when I was in the Marines, the 18-year-old uh, uh, Marine, they, this is in the 90s, they sold beer to us at the, at the PX on the base. Uh, but th- this whole... Uh, extended adolescence to the period uh, till people turn 21 
you know, and and the the restrictions on on driving uh, that that the state puts through. It seems like they're always restricting young people from doing things. Oh, but lo and behold, all of a sudden we want seventeen year olds to vote. Uh, you know, when I was seventeen, I don't think I I could understand that. How does a seventeen year old understand cash bail? How does a 17-year-old understand the underlying uh, social problems that are leading to criminal justice reform and things like the ballot measures we just spoke of 90 seconds ago? I don't know. It, it sounds to me like it could be a ploy uh, to, to get more people into the, the, the left of center tent. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of uh, conservative business-minded 17-year-olds, but I know a lot of 17-year-olds that would say, oh, yeah, that's sad. Let me. I would. I would vote for that. You know, more. We have too many money. people in prison. Yeah, more money for this and more money for that. And yeah, that's not fair that these big business people like barbers get to uh, enjoy tax protection from Prop 13. Let's stick it to them. So I'm not saying that. Yeah, you know. Well, Clint was on Don's show and said that young people are stupid and naive. I'm not saying that at all. Young people are smart. I love them. Uh, you know. Let's face it. They're going to vote. 12 months later than 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 that anyway but i i just think it's i think it's probably silly if they can't smoke you're going to give them the franchise to vote on issues of war and peace silly all right with that we are going to go to our next commercial break but stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 espn Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Clint Olivier here with us. We are going through the statewide ballot measures, trying to figure out what's what and what really makes sense and what's best for the future of our beautiful, great, diverse state. So... So is 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 it good for the future to have the seventeen year olds voting? They we were just talking about this prop. What number is it again? It's props. Prop eighteen. Prop eight. Prop eighteen. You know who picked that number? I know. For seven, yeah, for the seventeen year old vote. Prop eighteen. But anyway, I do want you to know something, Clint. Yes, tell me. You know, this it used to be twenty one was the age to to vote. Right, and, and they amended the constitution. Yeah, and I was the first year of the 18-year-old vote. So you this was 1972. Yes. And uh this was Nixon versus McGovern. Yes. And I'm guessing you voted for Richard Nixon. No, I voted for McGovern. Oh, Don. Don. You <laughs> yeah. and nobody else. I mean, that was a, the election where Nixon carried like 49 states in the District of Columbia. Yeah. And here's Don Scordino marking his ballot for George McGovern. That. You prove my point that these young people <laughs> Keep these, in mind, these I was... young people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> no, I kid. Well, I, I think I, I think that the you know, like I said before, young people do know what they're doing. Young people are 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 very intelligent. They're very smart. I mean, what is the right age? What yeah. is the right age to, to step into that that voting booth and and mark a ballot um, and and where they're deciding participating in the decision on these huge, huge issues? So, okay, you make a good point. What is the right age? By the way, I didn't mind that dig. Clint's a good friend, no problem. <laughs> Plus, that was 40-something, almost 50 no, years ago. I don't ago. think that your vote for George McGovern should be held against you. I don't. I, I think that, you know, it was, 
I had my reasons. Well, I guess in retrospect, you were proven correct, right? I guess after exactly. the whole thing, so, maybe McGovern should have been in there. Yeah, we wouldn't have had the impeachment. No, you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have had that, but you probably would have had some associated other problems. Don, you were opposed. Everybody in forty nine states was against you on that one. Yeah, but. We, one of these days, I'm going to prove those 49 states wrong. <laughs> All right, no. Um, let's go to, let's say, Proposition 14. Okay. Uh, it's about bonds. They issue $5.5 billion in bonds for state stem, stem, um, stem cell research. Okay. Yeah, this one, uh, they're, they're calling it California for Cures. Uh, this one is there's I'm reading from their page now ca cures.com yes on prop 14 endorsed by scientists doctors um, 80 plus patient advocate advocate groups uh, let's let's dive into this one and and figure out what what's going on so um, this one is a bond uh, initiative uh, a yes vote would support issuing $5.5 billion in general obligation bonds for the state's Stem Cell Research Institute and would make changes to the institute's governance structure and program. Uh, a no vote simply says, no, uh, we're not going to do these $5.5 million worth of bonds. Uh, they ran out of money the last time they did uh, something like this was in Prop, uh, Prop 71 back in 2004. Uh, so they're out of money, and now they're coming back, um, and they, they want these bonds. This What this would do, it would um, it raise money for the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine. That was created to fund stem cell research. Uh, voters approved it, Prop 71. Uh, this was back in 2004. At that time, it was for $3 billion in bonds. Um, and so they're, they're running out of money. They're down to $132 million, and, and then they're coming back. They want to do some some new... Uh, new projects. So um, it's already going. It's already up and running. Um, I'm, this is not my issue. And so I'm unfamiliar with any of the, any of the good things that, that have come out of this group or this, this organization. And I'm not familiar with any of the bad thing. I mean, obviously this is one of those things where you're going to have to, if it involves stem cell, there are going to be issues uh, related to the, the ethic of using stem cells in research and I know that it's 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 become more and more uh, understood and mainstreamed in in recent years. But I think it's one of those. It's it's your individual call. If you're a budget hawk, then you look at this and you say another five and a half billion dollars worth of bonds. No way, because yeah, bonds are borrowing money. It's That's like right. taking out a uh, line of credit on your house. Right. And and so the the state and I don't know I know what the federal uh, debt service is I don't know what the state of California's debt service is but I can guess that there are uh, billions and billions of dollars that as soon as it com- as soon as that money comes in goes right back out to service debt and so uh, you know this is one of the problems that, that the California state government is facing I mean obviously with the uh, you know the federal government can can run the credit card and they can run a deficit every year and they can borrow and and, and add to the national debt which I think as of yesterday was over 27 trillion dollars officially states like California here where our home uh, they're supposed to I mean there's constitutionally they're supposed to n- not be able to carry debt uh, but they do these bonds 
they issue these bonds, which is is a, a workaround, a way to to get around that. And then you know when tax revenue comes in, they have to pay that debt down. They have to pay them back, pay these bonds back. And so you know that that that's money that that comes out of somewhere to to pay these back. I mean, it's over what ten twenty years, so it's yeah. it's a long time, but still. I have a question. Uh, um, stem cell research. Why is that a state of California issue and not a federal one? So why should California borrow money, put a line of credit on on our state um, for stem cell research? Well, and it's a good question. Uh, my answer is I don't know. I mean, the uh, you know the the governments have, especially here in the state of California, but the federal government are omnipotent now. Uh, the federal government is the largest debtor. The federal go- government is the largest uh, uh, lien holder. The federal government owns is the largest landlord uh, in in the country. Uh, the the you can't get away from them anymore. They're involved in everything. They do everything uh, here in California. It, I, I imagine it's 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 similar. The situation is similar. Uh, the state of California has uh, is supposed to take care of the roads, supposed to take care of the forests. Yet the forests are unhealthy, and the roads are are uh, in some cases very, very unpassable and and in bad shape. Yet they're they're bringing in the highest revenues ever. Uh, they still can't manage to to get this stuff done, uh, especially to the standards that Californians expect. We like mm-hmm. our forests healthy. We like our roads to be paved, and uh, you know. You answer your question in a roundabout way. They're omnipotent. Now they're doing stem cell research. Now they're funding research in all kinds of things. You, you just can't get away from them anymore. Uh, the government has become so big and and ponderous and hulking, and, and they've just got their fingers in every pie. So I, I don't see, uh, um, you know, I see these, these good folks on the corner with the sign that say, recall Newsome and I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, you know, I don't think that that you're going to see much repeal. We never see much stuff get repealed. We see stuff get added. So yeah, they're doing roads, they're doing forests, they're doing schools, they're doing beaches, they're doing everything. They've now said that the electric cars are going to be uh, the norm in 15 years and no more uh, internal combustion engine. So it doesn't surprise me that they do stem cell research too. Okay, let's jump to Proposition 22, which is uh, a business-related one, considers app-based drivers to be independent contractors and enacts several labor policies related to app-based companies. I'd like to start it off by saying that I know you know you watch the commercials and it's all about Uber, Lyft, right. DoorDash, but I'm going to go a step farther. This is about being self-employed. It's saying that certain companies uh, or certain types of businesses have to work as an employee as opposed to an independent contractor. Well, this is this is the backlash from AB five. If you remember yeah, Assembly Bill five, uh, you know if 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 you're not an employee and you're a per diem worker, you're a they call it the gig economy. Hey, I got a gig. You're a freelance writer. You're a hairstylist. You're a truck driver. You're a stripper. You're whatever you are. You, you get paid out at the end of the day or, or what have you. Uh, you're on contract. Um, and so uh, Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez uh, and, and her supporters have determined that that's, some, that's exploitation, that a truck driver is being exploited. Uh, 
that a, an Uber and Lyft driver is being exploited by uh, their boss, by their their company. Um, We're forgetting that people have choices. It's just freedom of choice. It's freedom of choice. But thank God we have rulers in the state capital to determine if if we're being exploited or not. Yeah. And so this one is funded by Uber and Lyft. uh, And this is their pushback to say. And and let me let me back up. The state for about a year and a half since this thing, this this horrible AB5 uh, passed and and BizFed uh, took a position on this. We were against it. uh, And really, we're against the the. the consequences of it too, uh, and and so we're engaged quite a bit in in this kind of thing, but uh, you know the the to take away from people the freedom of choice, um, the freedom of, of of working when they want, how they want, the hours they want. I mean, they've got to file their taxes, they've got to pay their taxes just like everyone else. Um, but it's 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 really draconian. It's really the worst thing that I've seen come through since I've been in media and politics, which is my entire professional life. So Prop 22 would would do a carve out, and there have been carve outs, and I think strippers got carved out, and I think that um, I think that some some hairstylists got carved out. Everybody's looking for a carve out out of this thing, so they're exempt from it. I think they just carved out freelance writers because the writers complained. Uh, and so this looks to uh, carve out the the Uber and Lyft drivers too. So yeah, I, that, I, I think BizFed is taking a position on this one, and I think it's going to be a, a yes. All right. So um, and that would allow uh, for app based drivers to be um, independent contractors. Yep. I'm a big one for independent contractors. That's what I am. Because you are well. one. I am one. And you know what? It's a great way to, to have a career. Mm-hmm. With that, and by the way, the guy I work for, he has no idea I'm here right now on, on the show because I'm not dictated. Right. I'm, I'm allowed to you make do your these. own schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So being an independent contractor is a fantastic way to go. With that, I want to thank Clint Olivier for coming in and sharing his knowledge with us so that we know a little bit more on how to vote on these ballot propositions. And thank you to all our listeners. I know it's confusing, but maybe this will help you um, at election time. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you, and see you next week.